0: Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location?
1: Because
0: there's a war for your soul. Yes, indeed. The war has begun. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you are the great God, the one true God, the God who hears and answers prayer. You are the God who makes intervention into the lives of your people, Lord, to deliver us from the grip of the terrible one, even though some of us really don't even realize we're being held hostage. And I thank you today for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, that the veil will be taken off of our minds and our hearts the subtle distractions, the spirits of the evil one that have been used to to captivate and and, and capture the people of God. I thank you for helping us learning to learn how to bring your kingdom to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, and I pray that you would give us the promise that you have given us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be effective in the use against us by the enemy, that the enemy is not going to prevail against your kingdom, against your church. Lord, you said Jesus, you said the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. And so I thank you that this is the first day, the beginning of the, rest, the restoration of all things, as you will come to take your lordship, your king of kings position as king of kings and lord of lords in our lives, in this world, thy kingdom come. So give us ears to hear and understand the strategies that you have for us this day, in your name. Amen. Well, good morning.
1: Good morning. Amen. Well, the battle continues. The war continues.
0: Yes. And the, the, the rescue radio today, we're going to be talking about thy kingdom come sound the alarm in my holy mountain, as the Lord has declared. Join us today. You know, we're going to be studying about how to win our case for the war of the worlds, the war of the world in the court of heaven. And I think we need to understand that the, 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 the victory that we have enjoyed is only occasion of the war that is to come. And so we, it's time to stand our ground, uh, sound the alarm, pay attention. And um, before you read about that, sound the alarm. Well, go ahead. Sound, read in Joel. That's a very appropriate. Well, I'm reading verse.
1: from the Amplified Bible. And uh, blow, Joel chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Uh, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the judgment of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. And basically what, what he's doing, he says, a trumpet, was. it's a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes on, uh, and we can do this now or a little bit later, Marjorie, about it's a wake-up call to uh-huh. the people of God because mm-hmm. they're in a very crisis time. Critical a very critical and, time. And so, but they were sleeping, they were involved, immersed in, in sinful practices mm-hmm. and they needed to wake up. Um, and he just says, hey, here's what we need to be doing.
0: Well, an alarm is like an alarm clock to wake us up out of sleep, out of dead sleep. And I think a lot of us, even though we were slumbering or sleeping or some of us were awake and alert, it's still time for the, the majority to rise up and take the positions. We are in a very critical time. This um, people are rioting in the streets. People are upset. People are believing the false notions of a false fear. They're not repenting. They're com- and not coming to the falling to their knees and repenting um, and, and and calling out on, upon God for forgiveness. Or the fear of the Lord is not coming upon them. The fear of the spirit, of fear, is coming upon them to promote in them a spirit of anxiety and riotous, um, you know, behavior. And in Proverbs chapter six verse sixteen. It says, and this is, you know, if you would begin, if we will begin and I will continue, you will continue. We will commit to reading the word of God to understand what really is going on these days. And, and decrease your attention to the media, which is all confused and baffled and bought out anyway. And, and pay attention to what the Lord says. He says in Proverbs six sixteen, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. In other words, um, civil war, riotous unrest. And I'm not reading these verses to judge anyone. People who might be listening to this, I'm sure most of them are favorable to what we're saying. But other people say, well, you can't, you're, I'm making no implications here. I am reading the word of God. That word of God is going to be the, the standard by which we are all judged someday. Whether you spend your time now letting the Lord examine your heart and you come into an agreement with him or you resist that examination and you make your excuses and you go with reason and lies, you, if you're doing what God says he hates here, God isn't going to change his mind and say, oh, that's okay, You know we're now in a new world order here, and we can do this different. God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm not making a judgment. I am just, and I'm not saying certain people who are rioting or certain people who are not. Or I'm not doing that. I'm saying open your eyes and stop being afraid to discern the times. We're so under that that clause. Oh, judge not, don't judge, but we're not judging. We're discerning. And you know when you're in war, the soldiers are aware that they're in war and they, they, and they act accordingly. They move forward accordingly. Um, and so I believe call, and I really believe Jerry that this event of last week and the election as, as the American people chose a world leader and as all of the world, including America, the United States of America is in tremendous confusion and turmoil and at the threshold of annihilation, uh, they think it's, it's made to paint it to be look good and global and wonderful and whatever. but we are also in a very critical place that now as God himself, through the prayers and intercession and, and travail of the intercessors, the people of God, some of the people of God, not all the people, I don't think all the people of God were participating in this strategically prayed, went to the court of heaven. Waged war in the courts of heaven. Petitioned, made their case, and presented their case, and made their cause known. That God acted on behalf of His people and for the harvest. But we are now in the last stages. You know, we're like in the the months of um, you know September, where we begin to look at the harvest. And September, October, the critical months of a harvest. We're now entering into that stage. We've planted. We've we've worked in the garden, whatever we've done. But now the harvest is what's on God's heart. There's, a, there's, there's millions and millions of souls that are not yet ready to, to, uh, to make their final decision. They're not, they're not saved.
1: Well, what, what happens is, you know, there's a lot of intercession going on about this uh, election. We can say God acted in power to mm-hmm. bring Trump in, but Trump is not our savior. And some people, some believers are saying, oh, man, we've got Trump now. Things are going to be better. Righteousness is going to. That may happen to a certain extent, and it may not happen to a certain extent.
0: It all depends on how we pray, because the prophets of God, the true prophets of God, who have heard from the Lord are saying, now is the time to um, not let down your guard, stand, watch. Um, sound the alarm, continue to pray. And I really believe that is the message for you today is that you not only learn how to go to the court of heaven on your own personal behalf, but that you also learn how to make intercession um, before the Lord God uh, presenting the case for righteousness, um, that the kingdom of of God, thy kingdom come that Jesus said, thy kingdom come. He was saying thy kingdom come to earth, the kingdom of God come to earth. And that's where we are. We're the strategic um, soldiers on the ground, boots on the ground for the kingdom of God here on earth.
1: And we have to remember, too, that, you know, as they, there's a kingdom now philosophy that says, oh, we're going to bring, you know, righteousness is going to rule in our nation and through the nations of the world as we pray and as we intercede mm-hmm. and we fast and we preach yeah. the word. That this world is going to become so you know, godly through mm. our prayers and our efforts. That it it's, will
0: prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Will, That's what the theory
1: not, is. It will not happen that it way. It will not happen no. that way. No. His kingdom comes to individual hearts. His kingdom is within us, it's a kingdom within. We're not going to transform the political system of America through our prayers into a righteous, right. godly system. That is not going to happen.
0: Well, we what we want to see is that the, the will of God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Um, in earth, in the, in the individual lives and in the nation, I believe that we can be a nation, a nation of righteousness. But the thing is that what's going to have to happen is we look at the whole picture from here on out. Don't just look at the next five days. Look between now and the book of Revelation and the very end when the king of kings will come himself. And he is not coming To a world that's all pretty And ready to receive him He is actually coming to settle a war He is coming to the battle of Armageddon To settle the dispute Between Israel The nation of Israel And the the, the righteous And the enemy The enemy, the God of this world Who has declared himself to be the God of this world Who holds the whole world in this snare God is now coming to, um, to To do battle with And so we have to recognize That that is what we're all about right now
1: mm-hmm. because you know even though we have uh trump as a president uh, w- it remains to be seen many times uh in germany uh hitler thought they had their savior when they had you know uh, germany thought hitler was going to be their savior mm-hmm. He's, he the country was in disarray um, you know after after world war one and so forth and he was their champion wow here he is our champion well, he turned out to be not, not their champion. Mm-hmm. And so we have to really be aware if we get we get all Google-eyed about having, even though we're thanking God that Trump got in, for example. But if we get all Google-eyed and said these guys are going to just turn everything around for us, we're going to be sadly mistaken. In
0: other words, what he is saying is we, we really need to, to stand watch because this the, the even the indications that these riots and these things are going on is a very sombering uh, indication that people's hearts have not been turned towards God. Some and many have. And we bless God for that. We bless God for what he did. He actually did a, a miraculous thing in the midst of us, which we have not seen for a long time. But the spirit of stupor is still upon the masses of the people. that, And the God of this world, um, the, the spirit of stupor that blinds the eyes, that that causes people not to see, that causes them to enter into a false peace, to use reasoning. It's a God himself, and this is Thessalonians, it's his own word. He sends a strong delusion that they should believe a lie because they refused the love of the truth. They, re- they had pleasure in the lie. And this is my, where my heart breaks is that these people have souls and we love them. We don't love their behavior, but we can see by their behavior that they're still very torrent and tortured and tormented and confused and deluded um. Uh. Because God has chose us, chosen us for salvation. Therefore, I, I really believe this. We're in perilous times. Therefore, when they say like peace and safety, like you're saying, you know, then sudden destruction comes. They shall not escape. We are in a moment of reprieve. We're in a moment, a time of of of, of a moment of a grace, a gift of grace and peace to move forward in the harvest, which God is covetous of he's jealous over that harvest he wants that harvest for the kingdom of God he wants our souls to be saved that he can bless us for all eternity and not be be cast into the lake of fire and so now is the time that knowing this that that we're in the last days and perilous times have come because men have been and this is this is where the prayer begins this is where the war in the court of heaven begins this is where repentance begins this is where confession and presenting our case for the souls of men begins it begins in understanding what is going on. These men are lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, having a form of godliness, denying the power there from such turn away. This is not my word. This is what God is saying, that there are many who have been captivated. He even says, of the sort of those who are into households and take captive the gullible women, laid down with sins, uh, you know, with various lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. These are words from God. Um, uh, we are to call and correct those who are in opposition to themselves, gently it says, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Do his will. I really believe that we, under, we need to understand that there are men, evil men and impostors, the Bible says in Second Timothy, that will grow worse, grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And, and Paul had some of those in his own day. He says, he says, the time is going to come when they do not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires and their itching ears, they'll heap upon themselves teachers turning away from the ter- truth and turning aside into fables. And if this isn't accurate, I don't know what is. I well, don't know what is.
1: Well, it's, it's accurate. These are the times. These are the times. We are still in, in a desperate, desperate condition here in, in America. And, and God calls for uh, desperate conditions, calls for desperate actions, radical actions. Um, and he says um, in Joel chapter 2, uh, verse uh, 12, he says in the Amplified Bible, Therefore also now says the Lord, turn and mm-hmm. keep on coming to me mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. all your heart, there with you fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, mm-hmm. until every hindrance is removed and the broken fellowship is restored. Rend your hearts. Mm-hmm. I mean, tear your hearts and not your garments. They, they tore their garments as a sign of mourning and repentance in those days. And return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. And he revokes his sentence of evil when Uh his conditions are met. Mm -hmm. Who knows, but he will turn, revoke your sentence of evil, and leave a blessing behind him, giving you the means with which to serve him, even a cereal or meal offering or a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, set apart a fast a day of restraint and humility, and call a solemn assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elderly people, Mm -hmm. gather the children and the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom who is legally exempt from attending go forth from his chamber and the bride out of her closet. None is exempt from the uh, humiliation. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, have pity and spare your people, O Lord. And give not your heritage to reproach that the heathen nations should mm-hmm. rule over them or use a byword against them. Why should they say among the peoples where?
0: And I think one of the most exciting things, amen to Joel, in where is their God is that the, the, the rumblings, the shaking of the eternal, almighty uh, God have begun. And uh, this is very encouraging to the people of God, shocking actually. And unfortunately we're shocked by what we've, but God's very promises he's always going to do, but, but encouraging. And there are some things that we must do, some action steps that we have to take in order to continue to uh, come near to God. And as Joel says, and this is for your own good, your own safety. Not This isn't just to make America great again. That's a byproduct. of uh, this is to make God's kingdom come thy kingdom come Thy will be done and Trump is just a little part of that we're all a part of that we're as much a part of that as he is we have as much power and authority to do in the court of heaven uh what needs to be done as he might have in the in the Congress of the United States because what if we don't use our privileges if we don't come boldly before the throne of grace and mercy if we hold back if we wait some for someone else to do it then you're going to lose a blessing, an opportunity, and it may not get done. And the Bible says, you know, that we are to avoid these uh, foolish ones, the, those who bring strife and contention, those who hate God. We are to profess God and not give heed to all of these these goofy, oh, I didn't, you know, whatever, fails and, and, and theologies and whatever. Be careful, he says, to follow my doctrine, the policy in all manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecution, and afflictions, Continue in the things which you have learned, learned and be assured of them. To be complete, because all the scripture, all this point is to make us complete, to fulfill your destiny in God. And right now you've been handpicked by God to live in these days and to do the work of the kingdom. Do not be afraid. Do not be ashamed. You know, do not pull back. Understand what the will of the Lord is in this matter. And as far as that goes, understanding how to operate in the court of heaven. And there are two reasons we go to the court of heaven. One is for our own personal needs and that of our family and our immediate environment, immediate environment. And the other way is to go there for the needs to to intercede for the national, international um, nations, the situations of the world, the political situations, whatever. But prayer and intercession is a privilege. And you know what? I, I think people don't use that privilege they don't regard it as a privilege they don't like praying they don't think of it as very productive they don't think of it as very um edifying or satisfying you really we do things because we like to do them we do them when we feel a, a good uh, you know feedback or a, there's a there's a good outcome but with praying there's a lot of prevailing that doesn't happen immediately and so we we pull back and we kind of d- d- avoid making intercession
1: Well, a lot of times what we do is that the last thing we do is pray. Prayer is the last resort, rather than I the know, first resort. I know. And then we're so used to in America, for example, we're so used to instant gratification. We want everything right now. Mm-hmm. Push the button, hit the switch, click the mouse, <laughs> and, and we've got to get what we want now. And yeah. so, but it's not quite like that. It's a there's a need to to prevail, to continue, uh, yeah. and to discern the will of God before we pray. Sometimes, you know, there's a time. About prayer, we ask to know the will of God. Well, the Word of God gives us the will of God, most of the will of God mm-hmm, for us. Mm-hmm. But we ask, okay, once we know the will of God, then we need to, to pray the will of God. Right. Uh, as we ask anything according to His will, John writes in 1 John. He says then he hears us mm-hmm. and if he knows that he we know that he hears us we know we have the petitions that we have asked of him
0: right and we come we need to come before the lord god in it was a a, a contrite heart we need to come to the the court of heaven prepared and knowing that we will be answered and that our prayers will prevail and i don't think a lot of people feel uh, qualified to come before god because they feel very guilty and very um, un, imperfect, and um, these things keep us. The devil is keeping us in, in this this grip of guilt to make us feel like I did something wrong. I deserved all this bad stuff. I don't. I'm not worthy. I'm still a sinner. Blah blah blah. And I can't go boldly before the throne of grace and mercy because I'm not worthy of doing that. But that's not a, it's not an issue of worthy. It's an issue of obedience. If you feel like you've done something wrong, confess your sin. Get ask it out God out Yeah. Just confess it. Ask God to forgive you. Cancel out your agreement with that lie. And then come boldly. Don't lose your privileges because you believed a lie that i'm just nothing i'm no one i don't count god's mad at me god is not mad at you the reason god is bringing these judgments upon the earth in the first place the devil is is insisting because the devil goes before the court of heaven every day every day a thousand million times a day he goes there and he goes regarding us this nation the nations of the world because the god of this world has to present his agenda to the king of kings because nothing happens without the lord god's permission but satan presents his case in such a way as god permits or must permit because the rule is whom they yield themselves servant to obey that's who slave they become so when satan brings his big long list of evidence you know his videos his 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 exhibit one a two three four a b whatever he is showing god that the people of the earth are following him they're following idolatry they're following the perversions they're following lust witchcraft greed. And as he presents, he says, God, I have a right to to have the jurisdiction over these people because they are listening to me. And secondly, God, I have a right to do bring these judgments upon them because they already agree that they are guilty and they deserve to be judged. They've agreed with me, not you. See, there's three that vote in this court. One is God, one is Satan, and one is you. And what Satan has done is he's been so tricky. And what he's done to make us feel bad and guilty and stupid and locked into the grip of unforgiveness or bitterness that he has persuaded us that we deserve what we got coming and so he goes to God and says, God they voted for me guilt they voted with guilt that they deserve to be punished therefore I have a right to bring this demonic judgment punishment uh, upon them and the Lord God is one against two so what is he supposed to do until you and I come to repentance come to confession come to realize the truth and the trick of what's been being played on us, and go back to the court and say, "Have mercy upon me." Remember that story, Jerry, that Jesus told of the two men that went up to the temple to pray. The one was a Pharisee, and he just stood there and said, "I'm so glad I'm not like this publican. And I'm not like the tax collectors. I'm so good. I do this. I fast. I pray." Da da da. da. And the little the the little publican in the back row kept striking his breast saying god have mercy on me a sinner have mercy on me and jesus said well which one do you think went down to back to his house justified Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and obviously the lord god justified the man who was humble and broken and you can come for the great the great god the great throne of heaven humble and broken and this is the best way to come in anyway
1: yeah exactly we come there humble and broken and i mean daniel uh there's a lot of, there's some long intercessory prayers that Daniel made. And Nehemiah, Daniel, all those and guys. And Nehemiah, and basically they identified themselves. They, they they brought before God, they recognized their own personal sin. Yeah. And they, they, they identified with the sins of their nation and they brought intercession. Well,
0: I was going to say with Nehemiah, can I interject? Nehemiah was recognizing, he was beginning to build the wall. He was coming back to rebuild Jerusalem. And he went, he looked back and he says, And the reason we were held in captivity is because of our sins. I'm going to deal with that first. And so he did that. Get that out of the way. And that's what we have to do now. We have to get out of the way the sins of this nation. See,
1: the thing is, one of the tricks of the enemy is to keep God's people so plugged up with sins. Guilt. With the guilt, cares, Mm -hmm. riches, and pleasures of life. We're also plugged up with our sins. So we spend our life plugged up, wallowing around in our sin. We don't get that out of the way so we can really pray with through. effectiveness. Yeah, pray The through. effectual, uh, James said, mm-hmm. the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails, avails much. much, not a, a self-righteous man, but the ones that, there, there's there's things we have, the, uh, the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my, in my heart, heart, the Lord will not hear me. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, get it out. That's what, get out of the that's
0: way. What Get your Joel sin out is, of the way. Just yeah. is saying.
1: This is basically, uh, the prophets are saying: Joel, uh, I, Isaiah, mm-hmm. Jeremiah were mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. "People, God's people. If my people who are called my name will call my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land." Well, part so of the... he's just saying it just seems like we wallow in our sins sin so mm-hmm. much, in our guilt so much, we never get it out of the way, yeah. so we never never get ourselves unclogged or cleaned out enough where Mm -hmm. we can pray effectively Uh and see the kingdom of God come and the will of God be done.
0: Well, Isaiah said, behold, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save his ear is not heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. You know, your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not hear. Um, He says in verse four, no one calls for justice, nor does any plead the cause for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies, they conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. This is exactly what has been going on in this country, and we have been quiet per the Christians, the people of God, the believers, the followers in Jesus Christ, have been quiet for too long we've been We've been you know uh, silenced we've been um what's that word uh
1: mesmerized mesmerized is
0: a good word yeah, censored and been made to feel ashamed of the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed. It's time to open your mouth. It's it's like we have to understand the line has been drawn. The line has been drawn, and now the sides have been determined, and it's time to stand up for the Lord God and not be ashamed. Now is the time to speak. Now is the time to come boldly before the throne of grace because the God of this world, what he has done, and what Nehemiah saw had happened, the children of Israel. Jeremiah had cried out after the telling them, don't do this, don't do that, sin, 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 God's going to do this. Jeremiah, Isaiah cried out to the people, but they didn't listen to Jeremiah. As a matter of fact, when Jeremiah says, the reason this calamity is going to come upon you, he said in in Jeremiah 7, he says, is because you've been offering raisin cakes to the queen of heaven. You've been worshiping the hosts of heaven. You've been calling on these idolatrous gods. You've been putting your children, uh, making human sacrifices out, out of them, offering them to the God of Moloch. And that's why this calamity is going to come upon you. And stop doing that. And the, and the people said, no, 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 you're wrong. It, it, you know, the calamity came upon us when we stopped offering our children and we stopped offering the cakes to the queen of heaven. So we know that it's, you know, so they were completely deceived, believing that their privileges, their blessings, their prosperity came from worshiping the queen of heaven and and the the, the gods of this world. And they were that twisted, and that's where we are. We're right where Jeremiah, in 44, he brings it back to them, and he says, you know, God is going to have to allow what you're crying out for. You're crying out for chaos and crisis and, and, and judgment. And indeed, they were deceived. And that is where America is today. We've got so many who say, well, you know, look how prosperous. We're not prosperous. Look around you. There are people living in the streets, p- people who don't have enough to eat, people whose who's, uh, you know, retirements are being stripped away from them, people who aren't safe in their own homes. There's terrorism. You can't even go to a mall and go shopping without being afraid of being stabbed by somebody. There's, there is, this is the judgments that are coming upon us because of the sins of the things we've we've favored, the things we've agreed with.
1: And so, and we're in a world too that for the true people of God, the, the true ones who 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 truly love Jesus, that are not just, you know, religious snobs or whatever, or just um, uh, hearers of the word and not doers. Talks about those that have a form of godliness and deny the power for, of their, thereof. They're just going to be swept along like dead fish down the river stream. Mm -hmm. But for the people who know their God, the people who are standing up, because there is an increasing hostility toward the truth and toward righteousness.
0: As we can see, as you can see now with your own eyes, as you can hear with your ears,
1: listen listen to to it. A lot of the the, the news media, the liberal media that are just freaking out over a a win of Donald Trump. But there is a uh, there's, a hot, there's an increasing hostility toward right. the gospel. And it can and be seen now. There's an increase of hatred mm-hmm. toward the people of God. Jesus said, I've given them, John 17:14. I've given them your word, and the world has hated, hated, them. hated them because they are not of this of the world mm-hmm. just as I am not of the world. That's
0: really true. The hatred is increasing it more and more. And I think this is the shocking, astonishing thing that would drive will drive us as believers to our knees to pray for those who are so yet deceived and troubled and brainwashed and programmed. It says the God of this world, he comes to create what he did create. That is chaos, crisis, events to craft and and control the experiences, psychologically recondition mankind to believe what they see and what they feel and not to go with what they know in the word of God. He blinds their minds, the minds of those who do not believe that's for second Corinthians four, four, the whole world. It says in first John is under held under the sway of the wicked one. Mm. And that he goes about, Peter Peter tells us, he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And this is where we're at. Our children are being swept away by this. Don't think they're not. If they're in a public school, more than likely, I mean, the chances are so strong that they've already been persuaded by the God of this world that they're afraid, that they're confused. that They're confused about everything from which bathroom to use to, you know, uh, what's true about history I mean, it's just like they don't even know enough to ask the questions. They're just being swallowed up, persuaded by the God of this world. And this is just our little ones. Um, but what happens with this ungodliness, that should be a, 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 more than a shock. I think what happened with this victory was that everybody was shocked. Everybody was shocked. The the, 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 the evil was shocked and the righteous were shocked. And what, the wicked were shocked. The righteous were shocked because nobody... Thought that God was going to do anything or say anything, but now God has said, Okay, people, whose side are you going to be on? What do you now? We're not talking politics here, please. If you think this Republican Democrat, I'm going to tell you something, it's not about Republican Democrat, they are not the saviors. It's the eternal destiny of human beings that is written about throughout the Bible and ends up in the book of Revelation with a huge battle. That's what we're talking about. We're in those days now. There is no turning back. This isn't like it's, oh, they say, well, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming for thousands of years. Well, this is like this, at this point now where we are, there is basically no turning back. We can't turn the time clock back to the 1900s. We can't go back to the good old days. There are no more good old days left back there. The the ungodliness of mankind is comes through through the refusing the love of the truth, the, the, the love and knowledge. They don't want the truth. To them, the truth is, disdainful, and the lie has become the truth. They suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They refuse to glorify God as Godful. They become futile in their thoughts, foolish in their hearts and affections, worshiping the creature and the works of their own hands more than the creator. They say, well, I'm picking on people. No, I'm not. This is what God describes the ungodly, the lost, what they're doing. I love the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. We're not here to argue about their behavior. Their behavior is is going to be is, is being used against them in the court of heaven to say i say allow satan to claim them as his own their behavior is coming out of a belief system the belief system is that god is not good god doesn't love them god isn't isn't for them all the lies that satan has told everybody about god they're actually acting out on them they're actually believing them and this is the tragedy that they have believed the lie they've embraced the lie um Because everything in your life, in your personal destiny, whether you're going to spend your eternal life, everybody has eternal life, you're going to spend it in heaven or hell. You're not going to reincarnate. You're not going to go away and be buried and fall on the ground and that's the end of you. You're not like that. We have been made in the image of God. Therefore, we have a divine nature and an eternal destiny. We're going to spend it either in heaven with him where we belong or in hell where he doesn't want us. But he says everything hinges on what you believe and who you believe. It's that. Simple. Do you believe what God says or are you believing what was said about God? Are you believing what the devil made up about God? See, Satan hates God and he doesn't want God to be loved. He doesn't want God to be vindicated in his love for us. And so Satan is trying to present and, and persuade us to believe that God does not love us, that God is not good, and God is responsible for all of this evil, all the poverty, all the sexual abuse, the assault, the um, abandonment, the addictions. And somehow, God in his sovereign, holy power should have just moved the devil out of the way and intervened. Well, I'm going to tell you something, that God did intervene every time because you are still here and God is with you. And those that, that, were, uh, that he intervened in a different way, God is there. God is totally aware of everything that's going on. God is for us. He's not against us. But when we give place to the devil, listen to him, then he gets to go to God and say, I have a right. I have a right to bring this upon them, and so the big war between God and Satan is is about the love of God, and to get us to not love God, so God will never be vindicated or requited in His love for us, and that He will look like a fool, and He will lose in His bid for love, in His bid for He took a risk when He created us, and we are the ones who need to respond. That's why we are the target of the devil's propaganda constantly, and that propaganda comes. The interesting thing about the devil's propaganda is some of his, his favorite weapons are uh, deception, divination, uh, Jezebel, witchcraft. And he makes, the, he makes the, the, the truth look bad, and the evil appear to be very wonderfully flattering, seductive, good, a, a, a pleasurable, uh, immediate. And so we are sucked into a lie, commit to a lie, and then before we realize that we're captured, by those spirits of harlotry and so what we need to understand is that if we're going to pray strategically in the in the kingdom and the courts of heaven about this war that's going on down here we are going to have to pray against spirits Mm -hmm. this is an angel war this is a spiritual war this is spiritual warfare and it, it and you know what people who actually engaged in the in the true court of heaven battles over the things that have just transpired they saw heaven move and people were, were uh, Holy Ghost orchestrated people to pray in strategic ways, strategic times, if very, very much timing. And that's why Satan didn't get it. He didn't see this coming because God moved at the last minute in people's hearts and minds to pray in strategic ways to stand their ground. And there wasn't a ton of people that were probably doing this, probably maybe less than 1%. But God is, doesn't need the whole majority. He just needs you. He needs you. You go there," he said. He looked for a righteous man and couldn't find one to stand in the gap. How many times did he do great, great things on the earth with one guy? There was Noah. There was Moses. There was Joseph of Egypt. There was Jesus of Nazareth. There was John the Baptist. One guy. One guy. One guy. One guy. He didn't need a whole political endorsement. He did it with one guy. You know. So there we have you know a, 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 a really a call to arms, a call to alarm. So going back to Making our cases known in the court of heaven. First of all, understanding that you've got to you've got to show up. You got to show up at the court. You can't just you know oh yeah 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 tomorrow tomorrow and grumble about what's going on down on the earth. If you're if you see yourself catch yourself grumbling after you listen to the news, you're grumbling about this that or you know murmuring. Make it a point to understand what is the lie, what's going on here, what don't I like about this, what needs to be made, made known in the court of heaven, what needs to be petitioned in the court of heaven regarding this thing that's bothering me. You know, these people are lying, or th- these people are being deceived, or these people are rioting, or these people are, you know, uh, afraid. You take those issues before the court of heaven and make your case. Don't hold back. Understand what those things oh, part are. Part
1: of it is, is that we, you know, intercessory prayer is not is not just moaning and groaning and complaining about what's going on <laughs>
0: yeah you don't get I mean, by with yeah, nothing yeah, I mean, like that does, in does heaven.
1: god know what's going on yes he does yes we see when we see it as he sees it and we just bring before him no i we're, we're not to pray the problem we're to play the solution we're right. to pray so we see what's going on god you see what's going on here you know what's going on they're saying this and they're saying that and if we can just bring that briefly, just just it's in sense for our own sake like, to to remind ourselves of what's going on, to be aware of it. But then, Lord, what is kingdom is to come. Your will is to be done. What's your will in this situation? And we ask according to his will. And we pray that specifically mm-hmm. for that as he gives us wisdom and grace by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we're at the place too where we need to thank him for for doing that. It's yeah. it's important that we do this for for individual lives.
0: And sometimes are, yeah. we
1: think we're talking too about our our nation and and turning policies and tides and positions and putting up one and setting down on the other. That's important, but how do we do do we do that for individuals? Because there's a battle for individuals and the whole the whole issue here is, is for the, the battle is for the souls. Yeah. And the whole thing is the, the whole issue of warfare. It's the souls of the people. Uh, it's not so much that, you know, that God wants to preserve democracy or, mm-hmm. or the Republic. It's God, God is interested. He's not willing that any should perish, but That's that it, all yeah. should come to repentance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we need to, there's, there's the macrocosm of this, where we pray for, Nations and all that we read in scripture many times there was much prayer intercession for for nations, for the nation of Israel, for other nations as well but in in the kingdom of God economy here, we are called to play specifically for the, the, the deal with the issues and the strategies of the enemy that are working to mm-hmm. uh, bind and hinder individuals because you know uh, People, you said it earlier, people are going to heaven or hell, Mm -hmm. and we want people out of hell and into heaven. We want people to be set free despite the spirits of blindness that God said, God of this world is binding people's minds, and despite the hostility there is to the truth and how we call good evil and evil good, God wants to break through those strongholds in the minds of people, Mm -hmm. in the hearts and minds of people. So the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, would shine onto them, and they can be uh, transformed, new creations in Christ, and grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
0: So in a courtroom, you, 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 we understand how that works. There is a judge, and there are two sides. There's the petitioner, the one who's presenting his case, and there's the one who's standing against him, opposing that case. So when we're going there, we understand that the accuser of the brethren is there. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, is also there. And we are coming in to activate, through our prayers and petitions, the, the power of God uh, to act in this matter because he's a righteous judge. That's what we know. So when, first of all, when you are in the, in the midst of judging someone yourself, being angry and unforgiving, that has to go. You have to give that crime over to God, let him judge it, and then you are a free man. Because it is you're free from guilt, the guilt of feeling guilty for judging, the, the guilty for uh, holding them in judgment. You you come into the place of freedom. So when we come to this court of heaven, we have to understand, we are going to present a case here. Now let's just say we're going to pick one. Let's just say we're going to pick um, the, uh, the the apathy and the passivity of the church. Let's just say we're going to say that. That's going to be our, our today that's our topic of present. Presenting before the Lord God, so we come before the Lord and we repent first of all, we confess the sins of the church, the passivity, the apathy, the um, the distortion of the truth, uh, being busy with distractions, uh, pursuing false gospels, preaching the wrong gospel, we confess that is sin and abomination that mixing of the gospel of of God's good news and grace with the gospel of law and works, mixing them together, and the people become come under a stupor. That's why they're passive and confused because the stupor has been put upon them because God has permitted Satan to put that spirit of stupor upon them because they have refused the love of the truth and they've mixed grace with works. So we're coming on behalf of the church. We understand what's happened and we say, Lord God, we just come right now in the name of Jesus Christ, to present, come boldly before the throne, to present to you the passivity, the apathy, the confusion, the deception, the delusions that are operating in your own church, in your body. And you did say, Lord, now I'm beginning to present my case. And you did say, Jesus, you said it yourself. The gates of hell would not prevail against your church. And your church has been confused. She's been seduced. She's been infected with Jezebel spirits. She's been, uh, there's been lots of gossip and you didn't say, you know, be good. You said, follow me. So we're, we're confessing this wrong doctrine, this, this, con- this contamination, this tampering, where Satan has come into the church, uh, be, be coming in as an angel of light, Lord God, to deceive the pastors, to deceive the people, to wear, weary and wear out the people. God, when you said the way of the Lord is strength for the upright, you said you, those who trust in you or believe the truth will, will have a strong uh, protection, a shelter, a refuge. Lord God, we're praying now your own word that your will be done. And you present God's work back to him. You confess these things and you say, now, Lord God, the accuser has made these judgments against us because he has deliberately deceived your people. He has deceived. And yes, they have made choices that have been destructive and deadly and sinful. But Lord God, there are many innocent among them and they made the choices based on a deception. The enemy is the liar. He is the criminal. He is the one who needs to be judged. And we're asking you, Lord God, to uh, act upon our case, to to rule in our favor, to rule in the favor of the restoration of eyes to see, ears to hear. We confess the sin of preaching at, at Romans 11, the sin of preaching the wrong gospel. We we acknowledge the fact that the eyes have been blinded, the hearts heartened, hearts heartened, hardened and the spirit of stupor that's come upon us. Our table has become a snare to us. We become depressed and anxious. We confess those as the results and consequences of believing the lies and preaching the wrong gospel. Now, Lord God, we're repenting of that. We're confessing that is sin. We're asking you now, Lord God, to restore unto your people vitality of of vision, destiny, and and understanding, and embracing an eager love, and embracing of the truth the joy of the Lord to, to re-strengthen your people and to recover that which is lost, to make us valiant and and, and militant and glorious in this fight. It, it's, it's for the glory of God that we do these things and for our own good. And I truly don't believe, I, I just, I don't believe that God is going to, he won't, he just says he's not going to, in, in his word, abandon us in the end and he's not going to have, a church that's all full of spots and wrinkles. He says, and that's your word, God, back to you again. You said it yourself when Satan brings God's word to him. Well, you said, you know, if they judge, you know, I get to judge them. But God, you said there there would be a church without spot and wrinkle. Lord, and we're just coming before you right now to confess our sins, the wrinkles, the spots, the tears, the the shredding, the the treachery among us, the uh, division. And we're saying, Lord God, your word says you will have a church, a glorious bride. And we're asking for her to be restored in Jesus' name, and then we forgive. That's a critical part. You forgive those who have been, worked as, as an enemy in the midst of us, who those even who have been brethren, who have worked on the wrong side, who have been deceived by the spirit of divination. I know so many of them, and they don't even know they're being deceived because it's so cunning and so look-alike and so hard to see through the counterfeits sometimes. And so I forgive, I release them from my judgment, Lord. I'm not the judge, you're the judge. Bless them with the revelation of your truth. Bless them with a desire for your word. Bless them, clean them up, get them in the army. Stand strong for you. You know what? It's interesting that the last shall be first. And right now, there are probably in the world right now, today and every day, more Muslims getting saved every day than Christians getting right with God and repenting. I really believe that that there's an undercurrent of more Muslims, people who don't know God, who were born into a, 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 I don't know what you call it. A system. A system, yeah, thanks. A system, absolute murderous treachery, and they didn't know the truth. They were born as children in this. When children are born into something, they don't know anything different until they maybe come to an age where they can start to think. And by that time, they've already been brainwashed or they've been uh, terrified and uh, bribed or kidnapped or held hostage or afraid, so they don't really want to break out of it. But how many of these people are suffering, Muslims are suffering in a, in a captive, held captive in a place that they don't even know that they need to be broken out of, but Jesus himself by his spirit is appearing to them in dreams, in visions, in situations where they are now willing to go to the execution block to be known as, this, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, they are willing to die for their faith immediately upon birth. And we have been born into this thing, raised, nurtured, fed up, blessed, and we're not even willing to die for it. And they know nothing of all that good stuff, and they're willing to die. That's called intense love. That's the kind of intense love God wants to put upon his church. And don't let those who have more advantage, that would be you and I, be uh, shown up by those who had... M- strategically less advantaged or persecuted and came in at the last hour. That would not be to our glory. That will be to their glory and to the glory of God. But I say you and I can stand up. Now, the thing is, we've got to focus, focus. How many of us don't you know, get into your prayer closet? Literally go into your bedroom closet, your walk in closet, your pantry your I don't care where it is, where you can shut the door. Don't take in any devices with you except maybe your Bible, a pen, and a, and a notepad. And you kneel and begin to pray. If you don't know how to pray, pray in your prayer language. And just say, Lord God, keep me focused. Show me now. Talk out loud. Talk out loud because it helps you to stay focused on what you're doing. Lord, talk to God. Talk out loud. I'm coming before the throne. God, there's a lot of stuff going on right now that's really not very very safe down on earth and, and we see this and we see that and begin to pray okay so you begin to stand your ground the bible the lord said to me this morning in my prayer closet he said you must advance on your knees and crawl on your belly now when they were doing the very strategic attacks in world war one and two in vietnam whatever they did they they, and they teach them to crawl on their belly they teach them to move forward on their knees In prayer, down low, on the ground, under the radar, you get on your knees and stay prostrate before the Lord. Get on your belly before God and begin to pray. When you're in a position like this, you are starting to do something. You're starting to actually take some adverse action against all your passivity. Get down, get in, anchor in, secure and advance. He said crawling on our knees, calling for covering of prayer, cover. The people that come to your heart, mind, cover them with prayer and God's call out for God to give them wisdom and understanding. Um, This is a spiritual war. This is an angel war. This is really calling God. When we pray, when the court of heaven rules in our favor, God dispatches the angels. He the angels are powerful. God is all powerful, but they really move on our prayers. They move on our petitions and we are pathetic. They're powerful, but Satan knows if he can keep us stopped and shut down and stupid and in our stupors and stuck in our, our debts and our worries and our problems, then, he, then their, prayer, their power will not be activated. Because their power is activated by our prayers, but if we're pathetic and, and weak and wimpy and don't show up, nothing happens. That's because we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're called to, you know, to work together in this battle. So secondly, we have to identify the strategies. What are the areas where God wants you to pray? You know, is it the veil of super on the church? Is it the web and entanglements of witchcraft that are just woven throughout our society? Is it the, the insidious, a seductive a fascinations with witchcraft and voodoo and magic and wizards and wands and warlocks and, and vampires? Is, is, is that where God, is it, is it the spirit of harlotry and idolatry? And, you know, I'm telling you what, the spirit of murder and the spirit of the assassin, and the spirit of hatred for God have been released upon this nation because of our past leadership. Whatever the leaders permit, whatever portals they open, whatever permissions they give is what is permitted to come through the portals and come down upon us. And now we're seeing the fruit of the spirits of witchcraft. Look at what was being practiced in the White House. Look at what comes out of their mouths. It, it all sounds good, but underneath, in divination, it always looks good on the outside. These are the men of the most high God, the, the fortune teller said. These are the men. You're talking about Paul, Peter, and Silas. But underneath, she was practicing witchcraft, and the people were becoming confused. Okay, so we identify the specific sins or situations we want to pray for. That spirit of harlotry, the spirit of idolatry, um, you know, the spirit of divination, the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of religion. Name them, name them and begin to present your case against them before the high court of heaven and and repent, humble yourself. Um, So that comes with uh, confessing of the sins, asking for forgiveness and understanding how the strongholds that we're held captive in, how they work. So we want to cancel out this world's love affair with Satan, with the God of this world who has got nothing but evil in, in mind for us. And we become... We're being held captive by him. So our job is to go in and set the captives free. And you know, it isn't coming gonna come with a face to face combat for you who are chicken, who don't wanna go and head off head to head with somebody and go into an argument because they think faster than you do and whatnot. You go to the prayer closet. That's where the war is won. It's not one in a debate, it's not one in a in a in a head to head confrontation, it's not one with a gun. It's one on your knees before God in humility and crying out to God for mercy. And so you can be bold there. And once you do that, you will see things change on earth. You will actually see things change. And it's in, in, in interesting. I had a conversation with one of the prayer intercessors who was strategic in praying over the um, the election and the and the con- conventions. Uh, and and she, she was saying, we were basically locked in this house. Not locked in, but they they cloistered themselves in this house and they were in their prayer room from like nine in the morning to about three in the afternoon and they would pray 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 and then they would go out and watch the exact things God had led them to pray acted out in front of them they'd watch the later news of the day and they found that exactly what they were praying is exactly how things turned around and the change of events and so they were immediately seeing answers to prayer this prayer court of heaven thing you don't have to wait you know five years for this to happen forgiveness in the court of heaven and winning your case for the war of the worlds in the court of heaven it moves quickly it moves quickly we don't even have enough time to, to say how how little time we have we have little time we have just enough time we have to focus and unite so here's the deal don't keep all this good news to yourself don't keep it to yourself the shepherds they went to see and they went and they went and told we come in a great place of joy and rejoicing. We are not afraid because we have, we know the end. We know the Lord. We have that strength and joy. It is good to rejoice. It is wonderful to praise God and give him glory. The more you praise God, the more it activates his power. Um, don't set your mind too much on the chaos and the stuff that's going on. Just look at it enough to know what you need to pray for. And then go for it boldly, specifically focus boldly, specifically um, bringing the affairs of this world before the Lord God. That's, that's what I say.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, here's the, deal. you know, another thing you are talking about the praying the word of God. If you, if you use your Bible as a prayer book, Mm -hmm. You know, there's, and we're not going to talk a whole lot about that today, but we've mentioned it, but if you just, you want to know, you want to pray in the will of God, well, the word of God expresses the will of God. So if you use that, uh, for example, uh, say in Romans chapter 10, um, where you're talking about, um, um, say Romans chapter 10, um, Verses 8 through 10. Let's just use just a very small, simple example. But what does it say? Uh, well, um, he says, The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So so you can be praying. Say so you pray for a loved one that doesn't know Christ. Okay? You can say, "Well, Lord, you said the word is near to them; it's right there, it's in their heart, and it's in their mouth." And Lord, I pray that they will just that you work in them, that they will confess with their mouth, the Lord Jesus, that they will believe in their hearts, mm-hmm. and so they will be saved, and uh, that 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 they that faith will rise in their hearts, that they will believe, and and uh, that they will make the know confession the of their mm-hmm. salvation. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the scripture says, verse eleven. Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Mm-hmm. And, and Lord, take away the the fear or the the the, the reason that maybe they won't do this, but they think they're going to be ashamed of, uh, of, of the of the gospel or feel bad, you know, because they're going to be maybe ostracized or something like that. But see, part of that is just using the scripture to pray along, right? To to as as your guide in prayer. What you're reading, pray what you are reading. Not only receive it. Pray it mm-hmm. as you're reading it, or use the Word
0: of God like He does in Isaiah chapter 59. If you read that today, that's a good one. And read uh, Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29 really, this last week has been so appropriate for describing the behavior of what we see out there in the media and in and, and the world in, in the United States. But in Isaiah 59, that that chapter starts out with, you know, uh, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save, but tr- truth has fallen in the street, and justice has fallen. Uh, no one calls for justice, no one does righteousness, all are forsaken, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, they, in transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing from their God, they speak oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned back, the righteousness stands, afo- righteousness stands far off. tooth is fallen in the streets and equity cannot enter. So the truth fails and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. That's exactly, exactly where we have been. He who departs from evil, he who stands for the mm-hmm. truth, is called a hater. He is called a, an opposer of social justice, blah, blah, blah. But then the next verse is, and then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice, that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, with his own arm, he brought salvation. With his own righteousness, he sustained it, him. And he put on him on, the, on, on righteousness as a, hel- as a breastplate, a helmet of salvation on his head. In other words, God went to war. He put on the garments of vengeance as his clothing and zeal as a cloak. And according to the deeds that he was going to repay them, according to their deeds, fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, the coastlands he will fully repay. Notice the coastlands, how the coastlands went uh, of America. So And so shall they fear of the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, it says, here's your promise. The spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. This is what you say. God, all this stuff is going on. You felt it. I feel it. It's, you know, I've become a prey because I love the truth. He departs from evil, makes himself a prey. But God, your word says the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You will take on vengeance and zeal and fury to recompense and, 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 and do this thing right. Because there is a redeemer. You are the redeemer who comes out of Zion. And, and those who to turn those who oppose you from transgression, to turn them back to righteousness because you promised in your own word you said this is my covenant with them my spirit who is upon you and my words which i put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants or your descendants descendants from now forevermore this from this time forevermore god you promised to save our children to make them mighty you promised to correct this thing you promised to do this yourself i'm a little intercessor but you're the great god so you begin to use god's word and you know what he can't do anything to... to, to con- There's nobody, even Satan, cannot contradict God's word when it's in our mouth. Satan can contradict God's word all he wants, and he can get us to believe a lie. But, he, but when we speak the truth, Satan really has nothing more to say, because he tried his best to deceive us. And when we break through, and we speak the truth, and we side with God, it's then two against one in favor of righteousness.
1: Let me share some scriptures here from uh, Psalm 60. Verses 11 and 12, give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. Through God, we will do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. And then in Psalm 62, beginning with verse 5, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. My, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is the refuge for us, Selah. And then, and then Psalm 66. And here's, we really do need to rejoice in, in, in what God is doing and who he is and what he is doing. Uh, verse, verses 1 through 6 he says, make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of men and this is the longing that we want that we have in our hearts come see the works of god he is awesome in his doing toward the sons of men
0: and yes we will see that lord god because you are faithful to your word and we thank you lord god for keeping us for showing us and for doing awesome deeds in righteousness uh awesome acts lord god even things that will shock your own people to give us joy and refreshing and a breath of life and air and hope In you, Lord God, and we thank you for anyone and everyone today who's listening, that they'd be encouraged in you, that they'd be inspired in you, that they would go forward and do what you have called them to do, that they would be valiant in the things that you've called them to do, that they will successfully complete their call, their mission, their destiny through the power of your Holy Spirit in them. In Jesus' name, amen. And just before we end, I'd like to invite you all this Saturday to our workshop, uh, Winning Your Case in the Court of Heaven. Uh, at the fountains in, uh, near um, Lakeville, in Lakeville, Minnesota. Just go to our website, liferecovery.com. Check it out. It's uh, the information, location, et cetera, is right there. We have tons of stuff on that website. And the second thing I would ask you to do, a uh, third thing, because the first, second thing would be pray, 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 pray for us. And the third thing is to go do something. Act upon what you've been entered or tell somebody about Rescue Radio. Do something. Open your mouth. Take a stand for righteousness and be blessed. Enjoy, rejoice, and praise God. Amen.
1: Amen. for yourself.